possibly the most common experience for everybody now is loss. As a result of this pandemic, bringing us together in this particular way, bringing everyone together under this leaky umbrella of loss. Hi, welcome to Vermont Untapped, a podcast from the Vermont Folklife Center that explores the state through the voices of its own residents. I'm Mary Wesley. This is the fourth episode in a series where we talk to people around the state about what they're going through and what they're thinking about in 2020, part of our Listening in Place project. This month, we get a unique and deep glimpse into one person's experience during this strange year. Since early spring, South Burlington resident Pete Sutherland has been keeping an audio diary, periodically turning on the voice memo app on his phone and speaking his thoughts, worries, gratitudes, and observations aloud. Pete is a longtime friend of the VFC and a vastly influential contributor to traditional music and culture in Vermont. He's prolific as a musician, teacher, visual artist, composer, writer, and storyteller. And his way with words comes through in this diary. He's been generous enough to offer this developing audio record to the Vermont Folklife Center to include in our growing collection of materials documenting Vermonters' experience during the COVID-19 pandemic and our Listening in Place project. He also agreed to let us share some excerpts in this episode of Vermont Untapped. A diary offers a remarkable opportunity to gain real insight into how another person makes sense of the world. It's a collection of casual, personal reflections on everyday experience. Thought out, for sure, but not rehearsed. Remember, Pete didn't make these recordings for us. We're just lucky enough to get to listen to them. And for audio nerds like us at the Folklife Center, there's something even more remarkable when these reflections come in the form of an audio diary. As you'll hear, Pete often records his entries in the moment, on location, and as events unfold around him. His thoughtfully assembled sentences put us there with him, immersed in the scenes and soundscapes where he's recording. Through his own internal voice, he helps us witness, in a small, removed way, his experience of the dramatic changes and pressures the pandemic has brought to all our daily lives. Pete started recording on March 26th, and as of this month is continuing to make regular entries. When he shared his existing audio files with us this fall, they totaled nearly three hours. In this episode, you'll hear some selections. Some are small vignettes that could almost be timeless, sitting near a stream in the woods, waiting for a city bus. And then others put you right smack dab in the middle of 2020. A quick note, Pete records his diary by stopping and starting within the same voice memo file. You'll notice the storyline sometimes jumps from one scene to the next. Listen for a brief tone played on the cello to let you know that we're moving from one day's entry to the next. Think of it as turning a page. We're so grateful that Pete reached out to the VFC to share this personal record, and I'm excited for you to hear it. As always, you can learn more about everything you're hearing in this episode, including tips for starting your own audio diary, in our show notes at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. And now I give you the COVID audio diary of Pete Sutherland, 
which begins beside a babbling brook. This is just day one of one person's journal about isolation in the time of the coronavirus outbreak worldwide. It's March 26th. It's a Thursday. It's just an arbitrary starting point. The outbreak has been steadily growing since about January, I think. Being in this country for about a month, give or take. Being in my state of Vermont for at least a couple of weeks, probably three weeks. And being in my city of Burlington for probably a couple of weeks, including, I think, eight people dead so far. Everyone is online a huge amount of time and not always for work. I think people are starved for each other's reassurance that everyone is still there and that everyone has some semblance of hope and optimism about them. Although there are certainly a number of people who are given to posting drama and despair. I don't know whether it's audible, but I am sitting on a log above a rushing brook. It's late March, as I said, and the water, unconcerned with the day's news or the darkness that is on the human spirit right now, continues to flow. Day two. Isolation. Separation. Big change. Traumatic, really. One can be a grown-up and have everything figured out and spend precious little energy second-guessing or being caught up in the childhood-level anxieties and then be completely upended by circumstances. I went for a distance walk with my son, who lives an hour away, and we happened on a portageon that we both needed to use. When I was making ready to exit, I used the Purell from the dispenser and realized I had my half-empty bottle that is always with me of sanitizer, homemade sanitizer. And without really batting an eye, I dripped a bunch of it into my little bottle. Not quite filling it, just maybe bringing it up by half again what was there. Kind of seemed okay to me. A very small, petty crime. Very small. About the size of the bottle. Day five or six of this journal. 
I'm sitting above the creek again, Potash Brook. It was kind of calling me this morning. There was a peace came over the sleepless internet yesterday from India, but it applies everywhere how it's the haves that can afford to suspend work, take care of their kids, procure hand sanitizer and masks, avail themselves of specialty delivery systems for the better food and other things they might need. I know that if I had the resources beyond the good fortune that I currently and probably temporarily have, I would be donating a lot to the food shelf and other agencies that are doing the really great work and the unheralded work that's needed. My band and I did raise $1,000 from a live stream, but I wonder how long that lasted. It also seems like it's coming from a place of privilege to have poetic thoughts about returning to the simple life, noticing the little things, being grateful for the cup of tea, even though we imagine that this is what binds us all together as humans in good times and bad. It's sort of fitting that there's no particular rhythm to doing this audio journal as the rhythm of life has been so upended. It seems like every day has highs and lows and the highs can be from nature, they can be from uh, an unmasked or a masked smile. And how does one convey a smile with a mask on? This is what everyone is kind of consumed with at some point. Anyway, I also get mine from uh, from teaching online. The majority of my students are kids, but um, they have adapted to the situation admirably, and to me, they are role models, not just for me, but for any adult who is having trouble, and and everyone is having trouble uh, in terms of their good humor their willingness to embrace the limitations of technology and and max out what is really there. And then the other side of the coin is just wanting to be with these people when you're having such a good time in such a limited flat screen and brief uh, way. 
Well, it's been over a month, and I'm standing right back where I started, above the uh, the running water of Potash Brook. I was thinking this morning that the prolonged um, pandemic, the prolonged response, mandated response of uh, staying at home, uh, no work, uh, shutting down, making one's world very circumscribed and thus not intersecting other people becomes intolerable for some people beyond just their own feelings of safety, beyond their own feelings of empowerment, and and beyond uh, the financial piece. And those are all incredibly real for everybody in some measure. And and for some people, it's 24-7. And I can only imagine the level of worry. But what makes it untenable beyond all of that is... um, is maintaining a focus, an alertness, and a preparedness, and a resolve against an enemy, if you will, that is literally unseeable. I think we train all our lives through stories and experiences to to bring everything we have to bear in a... Uh, prolonged resolution to fight against seeable and knowable enemies and enemies that present themselves in armor or with weapons or uh, some other aspect of of menace and formidableness and challenge and when all of those things are invisible it's difficult to stay focused. I'm walking on the beach. It's barely 7 a.m. I think we have to listen to this. How many different tones are in that sound? How many different, what we call notes? How many different intervals and rhythms? It's just amazing. Possibly the most common experience for everybody now is loss. The most common emotion. And it's... It's just strange to be in a, a time, an episode, an era like this as a result of this pandemic bringing us together in this particular way, bringing everyone together under this leaky umbrella of loss. Today is one of those glorious mornings. It rained lightly through the night, just enough to leave everything fresh and bright and glistening in a in a 
morning sun that is basically playing peekaboo with quite a lot of fleecy clouds as it makes its way up through the trees to the east of our house and lights up various corners of the neighborhood. The bird song is really quite striking this morning. Kind of sobering to think that it took quieting us down to bring about the non-human population's flourishing and retaking of their territories and reasserting their their right to express themselves with the coming of much warmer weather in the high 60s and possibly even 70 degrees on this very beautiful Sunday. Mother's Day, perhaps. I can't remember. Holidays are kind of coming and going in a low-key way, the same as the anniversaries of social events that no longer are allowed to happen. It is full-on spring, late May, Memorial Day weekend. People are just itching to have some kind of fun that they haven't had, whether it's like completely back to normal for whatever their experience of normal was, or whether it's just kind of like a giddy sort of step in that direction. All legged on by hot weather, the ability to to just be outside comfortably. So many beautiful flowering shrub trees, lilacs, of course, and a little breeze blowing to keep it, uh, keep it really manageable. Change up of scene again. And this is the Black Lives Matter rally on the State House lawn in Montpelier. Sunday, June 8th. A lot of people wearing black. There must have been the word given somewhere. I just happened to be wearing a black shirt. Virtually every single person with a mask. Just noting that. There's a constant parade of cars going by, honking with signs. And that was prearranged that folks who we're not really able to march would be would have that option to uh, to show their solidarity by driving lots of cardboard signs black lives matter justice for george floyd no justice no peace there's a 9 year old looks to be holding a sign that says defund the police, exclamation point. It's been a couple weeks. We're into high summer. 
mid-July. The weather generally has been kind of unpleasantly hot and muggy most days. Today I'm finally getting around to one of those mundane and wretched and expensive tasks, replacing a cracked windshield. And of course the place is out in the middle of the wasteland. And, uh, and now I'm just sitting on a bus, little bus depot bench. bus just actually pulled up. There's actually people starting to ride the bus again. Everybody wearing masks. Not many people on it, but three, four. And this is turning into rush hour here, so... I think uh, the proliferation of masks and styles of masks, really, like, it's become the designer item of the decade. With the decade barely begun, but, you know... Mask wearing is going to be a thing for a while. It's again weeks later, I think, without checking. It's a very sunny day in an early September Indian summer spell here. And, uh, and I just woke up from a nap, which is a blessing at 2.30 in the afternoon, and um, I realized the first thing was that that I hadn't done the diary thing in a while, the COVID diary, as I called it. And the second thing is that I was aware of not being in any pain, and I've had some minor aches and pains uh, in these last few weeks, maybe longer, pretty much all old age related in some way, although, you know, haps and mishaps and all of that, and certainly nothing to to uh, rival a major life disruption, uh, like a chronic illness or, and just a momentary absence of any sort of pain at all is kind of remarkable. And I'm always looking for ways to reconnect with gratitude. And so it just feels like a particular kind of blessing in this moment. It's the first day of autumn and uh, the COVID diary that I was keeping for the last six months. Uh, seems like there's still a, kind of I have a personal need for that. And um, and uh, it started about the first day of spring. So here we are. Was planning on beginning this entry, sitting on exactly the same stone wall where I made the last entry in the first COVID diary file, but we're getting a little tiny bit of blessed rain. It's been such a drought, um, and uh, so I'm 
me and my device and my coffee are retreating into my Prius and watching the rain and watching downtown life from uh, from the interior. It's probably a week later, and uh, I've done the work week and uh, celebrated my son's 30th birthday. How can that be? Um, which included having lunch outdoors next to some fairly ineffectual heaters um, at a restaurant. This morning I got up uh, over at the edge of the Northeast Kingdom where I go for weekends and, uh, and there was it was snowing and by the time I left there was um, a couple of inches on the ground and it was time to look for the ice scraper that I knew was somewhere in the back seat and I guess I have one of those cars like so many people do that is basically a little mini traveling storage unit and um, so it's not always easy to actually locate uh, the item that you're seeking but eventually I did and um, and it was some good honest scraping for a few minutes and that was sobering uh, on November 2nd to be engaged in that but you know um, you just uh, kind of grit your teeth and roll with it. Kind of the most notable thing uh, yeah, as a practical matter in my life with the change of the seasons um, is uh, not being able to count on uh, teaching in-person music lessons outdoors uh, anymore. And uh, since outdoors is kind of the only really safe place, then uh, it just feels like the curtain is coming down on on the summer rapidly. It's a Saturday after Election Day. I'm uh, downtown at just about noon. And, uh, of course, the, uh, the country's been waiting for days for uh, resolution to the uh, the uh, knife-edged election, and uh, and they've just called the election. All the major uh, news outlets have called the election for for Joe Biden uh, and Kamala Harris uh, finally. And, uh, and being here in uh, in Burlington, um, it's a Kind of center of the blue universe, you might say, and uh, been standing on a balcony at a friend's house. I've just been working with the better internet than I have in my in my home life, uh, and uh, there's been a succession. I don't know if any of it will happen while I'm talking. There's been a succession of people going by, cheering, cars honking um, intermittently, and um, this is not meant to be a a political post necessarily, but um, the uh, I think it speaks more to the the human condition um, about wanting to to uh, to be patient, but to resolve uh, something that is kind of almost unbearable uh, tension.
so there it is. <laughs> there is a group of people skipping across the crosswalk down in front of me, twirling around and dancing. Fist pumping. It's really no words. Again, a huge thank you to Pete for sharing this diary with us. Please do visit our show notes at www.vtfolklife.org untapped, where you can hear some of his amazing music and listen to a bonus interview discussing the inspiration behind this diary. As the events of 2020 continue to unfold, the Folklife Center's Listening in Place project is an ongoing effort to maintain and cultivate community, listen to others, and document our extraordinary daily lives together during the pandemic and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about making your own recordings, whether it's an audio diary like Pete's or doing your own interviews with your family, household, or community, head to our website at www.vtfolklife.org listening to learn more. If you so choose, the recordings you make could be added to the VFC archive and become part of a record that will allow future Vermonters to revisit and learn from what we're going through now. From all of us here at the VFC, we hope you and your families are keeping as well as can be, and we wish you warmth and light and hope during this holiday season. Speaking of light, I want to tell you about our Winter Lights series. Part of our Listening in Place project, we'll be releasing a series of audio shorts via social media and our website that feature interviews with Vermonters speaking about what it means to share light during this darkest time of the year. Catch them now through Twelfth Night, that's January 5th, and hear Rabbi Amy Small talking about lighting a tiki torch menorah at Hanukkah, or find out why Troy Austin of Essex decided to put twinkle lights all over his car this year, and many more. Follow us at Vermont Folklife on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at www.vtfolklife.org. As for Vermont Untapped, this podcast will be taking a short winter break. Look for us in the new year with a new batch of Meet Cutes, stories of love in the time of COVID. Expect to hear from us just in time for Valentine's Day. If you liked listening to this show, please tell others to look us up and subscribe. You can find Vermont Untapped on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. This episode of Vermont Untapped was made possible in part by the National Endowment for the Humanities. Democracy demands wisdom. It was produced by me, Mary Wesley. Aubra Clausen was an assistant producer on this episode. Our executive producer, who also happens to be the VFC archivist, is Andy Kolovos. The cello music in the show was recorded by Dave Hoy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>